You are listening to the TF Cast, a Mankato-based arts and culture podcast where we hear stories of upcoming projects and get to know the people making things happen all across southern Minnesota. Hello and welcome to another episode of the TF Cast. Today's date is December 15th, 2021. Today with us we have guest Gina Moorhead from the Union Market and a number of other projects around town. Uh, recently in the news because uh, the shop was closed down, but uh, we're here to talk about that experience and um, what it was like, what's the future for you and your vendors and a whole bunch of different things. So um, just give us a little bit of the rundown about, you know, what happened over the last couple of weeks and how things have been over at the market. I think there's a big story to tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for having me on. I'm really happy to hang out with you guys. Thanks for joining. And uh, so. Union Market Mankato uh, closed its brick and mortar doors um, December 1st mm. is when we started packing. Um, mm. We still have the online shop, unionmarketmankato.com. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so the idea was to obviously stay through Christmas. Um, the idea was to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was I I signed a lease for the space in January 2020, right? Yeah. Everyone's dates are all mixed up. That's, um, that's the start of the pandemic year, right? That's like I signed it? the date. Uh, I signed the lease the date of the 30th of January. On the 31st, uh, COVID was uh, named a worldwide crisis <laughs> um that's like day of almost yeah yeah but the shops didn't shut down and people were mm-hmm. kind of wondering you know what what's happening yeah until everything was shut down what was that it was early march 8th or so i think it yeah it, it no when was the the oh shit day for us was like literally the 13th march 13th yeah it was it was saint patrick's day it was oh, the day okay. before saint patrick's day where i was like oh we're not gonna have bars for saint patrick's and I, I, was, yeah. uh, I was literally right around them too. I was going to say, I was literally stuck in a cabin in Colorado in the announcement. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, we were working at uh, Mankato, Brewery. Mankato Brewery and mm. they canceled the NBA or whatever. But yeah, I, was like, I think oh, yeah. you were getting ready for a, a small business Saturday launch right around that time, I think, too. And, and the small business Saturday had to either be postponed or like shifted because of the like new pandemic i think that's i think that's true yeah. yeah so so what happened was i signed the lease late january uh for the start date to be the first of march okay right so mm. i was gonna move in the first of march yeah <laughs> <laughs> yay <laughs> how that happens <laughs> um and the intention was to be closed for about six weeks or so mm-hmm. um and because we wanted to, there were no dressing rooms, there were no doors. It was just wide open, right? Mm-hmm. Um, big open space, 4,000 square feet. So we wanted to close to paint the walls and do some of the branding elements that would just be easy if it was a blank space. Mm-hmm. Um, create an office, create a, a, like a little back room for people to have small parties or gatherings or meetings. Um, and so 
two things happened. Obviously, the pandemic happened. But in order for us to do the construction, we needed building materials. And if you remember, um, back then, there were fires in California, and the price of lumber doubled, and mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be able to be shipped in time, and da-da-da-da-da. So even if the lumber did ship in time, were we going to be able to have a construction worker you know, in the space? Was I going to be able to be in the space with them? Did they have to be there alone? So on and so forth. So it's just this big like hurry up and wait game. Mm. Um, it's always fun to play. We've all <laughs> played that once or, once or twice. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we were waiting to start construction for months. Um, Finally, we were able to, you know, get some walls up. And once things were, you know, greenlit, then then they really did happen pretty fast. But we were, you know, we were behind by a few months at, at the very start. So um, we finally did open September 15. Mm-hmm. So bars and restaurants and retail stores could open in June, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't ready. And so we opened September 15th. Um, and it was great. You know, we had an awesome month. We had an even better October and even better November, a really great December. Mm. Um, and then let's see it, but for the, the first, you know, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, we, we started off being behind in rent, you know? Um, And we were getting some income coming in from this angel investor. So I I didn't think that I was going to qualify for a PPP because, Mm. you know, we still had our jobs. Payroll was in action, you know. So Mm. hindsight's 2020, obviously. Um, I think that, you know, now knowing what I do know, I think that we would have qualified and so on and so forth. But Mm. um, so there's this perfect little thing that's called the idle loan now. And that's EIDL. It's, you know, emergency loan for exactly for past rent and past wages. Mm. Um, But whatever you need, but it's in the past, you know. Um, So you need to show that you were behind in these specific ways. Anyway, so um, we that's on its way you know? Mm. Um, and the angel investor that has been super supportive and really wonderful through this entire process is the owner of the building itself. Mm. And he, you know, wanted this community to thrive and wanted there to be, you know, not just this like really cool shop on the street, but the comic book store and the coffee shop and then another coffee shop and, you know, see that place grow and thrive. Um, so, um, I get lost in my own story sometimes. <laughs> um, so the the investor was also the owner of the building? The owner of the building, but not the leasing agent. Oh. So the leasing agent is supposed to be the person that gives me the keys, provides, you know, the common areas are clean, paper towels, toilet paper, blah, 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 all that, all that jazz, you know, for mm-hmm. the common areas and for, for the building at whole. And if there's you know, flooding in the basement or if the shovel or, or if the sidewalk needs to be shoveled or whatever. That's, that's their, that's their, you know, responsibility. Yeah. Okay. Um, I moved in and it was this 10,000 square foot. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't move in. Okay. I started, this was even a year before I took over ownership. I started being involved in the market as just the general manager. 
There was mm. no owner. There was no DBA. It was just a, a little project that the leasing agency, CBC, wanted to have. You know, they wanted to create this market um, in Mankato where there'd be a whole bunch of micro stores. Yeah. And people would rent out their square footage, have their own hours, do their own thing. Um, it's It's more successful if there's borders and walls and security. Mm. Um, in which, you know, when they first wanted to open, there was none of that, you know? Yeah. They wanted one vendor at a time to move into this 10,000 square foot wide open space and not only pay like exorbitant prices for rent, you know? And I've done plenty of pop-up shops and um, hosted plenty of trade shows in the cities in Seattle and in my background in fashion design. Mm-hmm. Um, the prices that they were asking for are just like, unattainable hmm. you know how much can a, a vendor typically um determine to make because i i mean i've heard of people I, I know they do stuff like that over at vagabond village you can rent like a little bit of space or yeah. something and um like what what is exorbitant prices when it comes to like that kind of space well they wanted to rent out like the two spots in the front windows you know they wanted to rent a, a 20 by 20 space for fifteen hundred dollars hmm. And then the prices go down as you get further back. Mm. But, okay, so say I move in as a fashion designer, right? And I have my racks and I have my table and I have my, you know, here's my little pop-up shop or whatever. That's not a pop-up because it's a permanent thing because Mm -hmm. I pay my rent monthly and I'm not going anywhere. I don't just bring in my stuff and and bring it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so then what if I'm the only person in there for months? And it's just me in this little corner by myself, you know, yeah, sure. that's not really, and that's kind of, what's the vision there? You know, that looks like a, okay. So then let's say that you guys move in and you have your studio next to mine. Yeah. Um, but you want to operate on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I'm not going to operate on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Mm. So there's no walls. There's no, there's no security. So it was, mm. it wasn't a good plan, so, you know? For people that may be unfamiliar, if they've only been in there recently or maybe they, yeah, didn't see it earlier, like it was the one entrance and then it was wide open, right? except for a little bit of separation in the back, which was at that time a yoga studio. Yeah. And it still is a yoga studio. It's just no longer Sun Moon Yoga. Now it's rented out by the YMCA. And so, so like you were saying too, is that operations became basically impossible because of scheduling issues with like having someone be there all the time and stuff. And then yeah. you walk in the door and let's say that you're, you know, someone wants to shop with me and then they want to shop with you and then they want to shop with them, but they're, they're, their hours aren't the same as mine. Mm. And then they have to do a transaction with you and a transaction with me and a transact, you know, so it, it's a flea market, you know, mm. it's a flea market that mm. has no, um, no safety and security, <laughs> basically. Yeah. It sounds like what maybe happened then, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you tried to change the dynamics of the space and make it the union market is that right so is that a transition that kind of happened so i pitched the idea that you know bring me on as a general manager i'll take care of one one transaction one counter you know Mm. and these different vendors who they can't like pay for square footage and you know be the makers themselves and be the shopkeepers themselves and you know it's just so i'll be the 
I'll be the shop girl. I'll take in all the transactions. I'll divvy up who gets what. And then I'll send out checks to everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and in replacement, you know, give me my space for free. And then the owner of the building was like, well, let's get this place up and running. So if you need to kick her some money, you know, do it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pitch in. Let's just get this place open. So it was supposed to... Coming soon, opening uh, November 2018, we finally mm. came to you know a deal in June, and we opened in June 2019, right? Um, they were looking for 20 by 20 spaces, didn't really get all that many vendors for a 20 by 20, so then they went down to 10 by 10, then they went down to 5 by 5, and having mm. a 5 by 5 space is like a shelf. You know, because you need room around it. So you have thousands of items of uh, inventory for all these different vendors, even if they have a five by five space. And then I'm supposed to take in the inventory and I'm supposed to pay them back. And so they signed 40 leases within the space and was just Mm. like, oh, just go just go talk to Gina and she'll get your inventory in like this, you know. And I'm like, Mm. uh. I'm a bit behind. <laughs> Are there is that a model that is typically used for that sort of thing? Is that something you're familiar with or do you think it was a new approach to um trying to manage a market like that? Well, I think that they're in the business of renting space and they're not in the business of retail or small business so it ownership. So doesn't have to make sense in yeah, translation. Yeah, you know, they just wanted to rent out square footage on the floor. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And well, they got you to manage it, so yeah that's true that's true um so by the end of january well by the end of the year they decided that 40 leases is too much to manage in one space so Mm -hmm. we're going to close the concept Hmm. um gina would you like to take on the space you know more about this building than you know anybody Mm -hmm. um because you know i i got the toilet paper i put the soap dispensers on the wall like mm. i installed the toilet paper rolls like not sure what the property managers did but um <laughs> a little sensitive <laughs> yeah. um so i took on the four thousand square foot space because at that time uh, the rose room had rented out the two thousand square feet on the other side which was great they're fantastic individuals i are they still yeah yep and the ymca is still in the back so those are still in operation but the market side is pretty dark and empty well no go ahead go ahead i was was gonna say i know that what the market had begun to symbolize for people was really like a cool spot to go shop for It, it was a unique space in mankato certainly like i think that you couldn't go to a different store. The only other ones that are even similar are maybe like Vagabond Village or some of the other like thrift shoppy things, but I think you had a very sure. different styling and, and approach towards doing it. So I think it was becoming a very nice space in Mankato where it was, had a reputation for having yeah. nice things and being Thank worth you. checking out. So when I walked by and I saw everything kind of taken down, it was a little sad to see. Um, yeah, we... we um we wanted it to kind of look like sort of a throwback to a general store, mm. uh, like a little department store because people were attached to the idea that it was micro stores. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want everything to be so segregated. I wanted, you know, the garden section to be all garden stuff and the kids section to be all kids stuff, accessories and menswear and vintage and women's wear and, you know, designer resale and mm-hmm. art and gifts and, um, kitchen and apothecary. I mean, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so it was, it was user friendly you know it was it was easy to shop instead of like oh is this is this a different vendor or do i have to buy this here and then move on or you know um so i wanted it to be more of like a department store an old, a general store because we're in mankato and you know well it did feel that way it felt that way the last few times that i went in for sure it was, yeah you know but i wanted to brighten it up and modernize it and have it be well curated and look like you know, when I go to the art institute or some art museum, I love checking out the gift shop because it just feels mm. like everything is special and of value and tells a story. So I wanted to brighten it up and have it not be this like country chic, you know, vibe. I wanted it to be more modern and very lush, you know, mm. green plants everywhere. And I think we kind of nailed it, you know. Um yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we had, uh, about 75% of the merchandise was wholesaled, you know? So I, Mm. I didn't rent out space to anybody. Um, I, I curated the merchandise. I chose what local vendors I wanted to bring in on consignment, but I didn't make them pay for rent, you know? Um, so then it would be essentially like a 50, 50 split. So it's, it's pretty much wholesale, but it's easier for them if they want to rotate their inventory and it's easier for me for startup costs, essentially, you know? Mm-hmm. So they were getting paid when their stuff was taken off the shelf. Correct. Basically. Yep. Yep. And 60% of what was in the shop was from Minnesota. Mm. So 75 was wholesaled. 60% was from Minnesota. Um, you know, of course we started to be, we started at home. We started in Mankato and then, who can we find and and then, you know, go out a little bit further, New Ulm and, you know, the cities and Moorhead and Duluth and um yeah, we had quite quite a quite a number of really fabulous Minnesota artists and small businesses. Yeah. Um and then we also jumped on board with the um it's it's this, you know, fourteen percent pledge. Fifteen percent pledge, fourteen percent pledge. Where um, that percent of, of of products on your shelves are owned by black black owned businesses. Mm, cool. So that was started by this young woman in New York, and I was like, "Yeah, why not? Let's do it." You know, even if we're just a little mom and pop shop, you know, we're not yeah. Dayton's or Saks or whatever. But it's, I mean, well, you have to have your morals. Curating your market, and you can you can probably do things like that that yeah. are a little bit more flexible. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, with so it sounded like you changed up the business model a little bit when you took over management of it and went from like a large number of leases mm-hmm. into you handling just me having that the lease. and then yep. doing basically taking a lot of those other um, business administration things and making them on back end for you way more streamlined and that. That sol- did that solve a lot of problems or did that create its own problems? Um, I think it solved a lot of problems because it, okay. it really freed up my time instead of having to manage um, everybody's inventory. Mm. Um, I 
you know, I, I was able to streamline it. Um, yeah. yeah. And just put it into one big system, one big list instead of like everyone having their own list and everyone having their own. Yeah. Cause before they were getting rented out a, a spot of the, the store and they would have to come in and, Right. Monitor it and then you had your separate right. transaction and then, situations and scheduling. So Well okay. and like I wouldn't be able to, you know, as the general manager, that was their square footage and so I wasn't I it wasn't okay for me to uh zhuzh it, you know, mm. or merchandise it. So if somebody dropped off their stuff and didn't come back for six months, you know, and it would just be a stale it, part of the it's store. just this totally stale yeah. part, but I can't do anything about it because I'm not renting that space, you know? Yeah. And so some people were super involved and some people dropped off their stuff. Like it was a garage sale, you know, <clears throat> but, and, and that did that situation specifically get better when, when you changed the model did, uh, why enthusiasm from the, like artists and creators kind of were they more into it i mean i i only invited people back who i knew were interested and involved okay. you know so it got better by you filtering a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah and how many how many vendors were involved um towards the end of the thing 75 75 and these are these yeah. are uh, not necessarily all from minnesota you know mm -hmm. some some of the i mean a lot of the vendors are what i wholesaled um, yeah, mm. to fill in the blanks. Cause if we didn't have, I don't know if we, if we needed something in the apothecary section and we couldn't necessarily get it from Minnesota, then I would search for other mm. places. But all of the, all the brands, you know, had a good give back program and, you know, had their, mm. had their, um, their ethics and ethos that we really believed in that we really thrived with. So what, 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 what was, what is going on with the brand's, now and like what was what happened with at the end in general like when you know you have like all of these different people who have their property there right you know like how like what happens in situations like that well yeah. for the property that i didn't own that i didn't buy outright you know i just got to talk to them and say hey we got the rug slipped out from under us and we have you know, a lot to talk about, but I need you to come pick up your stuff and I'm so sorry, but mm. let's have lunch later. But, you know, if you could come pick up your belongings, then that would be great. So let's just start there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was, that was, you know, 14 days ago. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's all, it's all cleared out now. Um, and then the rest we packaged up. Um, I have it in a little storage warehouse kind of a thing um to do online sales and so, so on and so forth um but uh yeah so we we packaged everything up we moved everything the next day um we sold a bunch of fixtures the next day the next day um that saturday and sunday we were up in the cities to do pop-ups mm. and then uh, monday i came back and i yeah it's just been like one day at a time yeah. <laughs> um but I don't know. There, there is a big part of it that like, you know, I got, I got word on the 30th of November at 7 p.m. that um, the owner of the building was like, at that point he said, you know, my hands are tied and I can't, I can't tell CBC to wait anymore. Um, mm. 
Whereas I had always followed his word. And what he said in early October was that, you know, you can wait until we, we can wait for you until January 1st. Mm-hmm. So I was working with the small business administration and the finance department and to get this loan and to sort of fast track it. And, um, mm-hmm. was working one-on-one with, you know, this remarkable individual. And, um, um, yeah, but then we got, you know, so we were okay with the building owner and we weren't okay with the leasing agency. So it, there's, mm. there's some, there's some disconnect, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, it, it, it's a shame, you know, it's yeah. really a shame. So, yeah, that's yeah. what caught me about the story in general. Like when I saw the KEYC stuff, I was like, why, like the, it doesn't, it didn't, two things about it didn't really make sense to me is one that it was a surprise to you in any capacity. And the other, that if they were looking to collect money that was previously owed like why they would close during yeah why would they want to make that decision it seems like the least likely path with which they would get more money back yeah yeah so So, i I was looking at it like i just it like kind of baffled me well yeah you know and uh when i was talking to the to the owner of the building you know he's like you're good until january 1st and so i always was reliant on his word because he could kind of get the dogs to stop barking a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, the November 30th, he's like, "Ah, shoot, like my hands are tied. And I, I, you know, Mm -hmm. and at that point, like whatever he said after that, I mean, my ears were ringing because I, I, you know, everything went static. I'm like, this is what, uh, (laughs) this is what shock feels like. I'm pretty sure, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I think I'm in shock, you know, So, um, yeah. And then, uh, CBC Fisher group was like, please, you know, please be out by eight 30 tomorrow morning, December 1st. And I'm mm. like, okay. Like, you know, sounds... like I will try, <laughs> you know, Thanks. called me, you know, they're at, they're at the door at eight 30 in the morning and they called me and they're like, so we're here and, um, we're here to pick up the keys and it looks like you haven't started packing and like nothing has moved. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, no crap. (laughs) You know? Yeah, sorry. I didn't call my like 40-person team in to come do it last night. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So Did did the stuff all got out safe? Like people have their products now returned to them. Yep. yep, And everything is good in that regard? Yep. Um, Yep, that's right. But what what is, uh, what's going on with a lot of those people? I mean, were they, were the, uh, did a lot of those folks have, single outlets there or were they selling on their own Um, yeah yeah that's it's actually um i mean my heart is just like just goes out to these individuals because like they didn't have a brick and mortar themselves you know Mm -hmm. and they are local and they're here and they're so extraordinarily talented um Mm -hmm. and last year you know most of their business um, outside of the market was on fairs and festivals, which didn't exist, right? This year, they were able to go to some fairs and festivals unless they got pregnant and had a baby or got sick or, what, you know, a handful of other things. Um, mm-hmm. And so the market was, was really a lifeline for a lot of them. Um, and I invited uh, a couple of, you know, my very 
my very favorite people um, to participate in the KEYC interview. Um, and yeah, my heart, my, my heart just like melted, you know, because mm. I'm like, I want, I want to help. I'm, I'm such a small business advocate and creative small business advocate. And, um, yeah, at that point I was just like, I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, there, I mean, your hands were you know actually tied. Like there's nothing you can do in that scenario. Right. Beyond, right. Yeah. Um, respond and organize to what's happening and figure out what the next game plan is. You, you know? know, I'm sure everyone has the exact same questions too. Cause it is it, like, you know, reading it. I was a lot of it didn't add up, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like you have a news story, and if they give you two and a half minutes, that's like that's pretty gracious, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't tell this whole story in two and a half minutes. It's not possible. Exactly. And the, I guess the odd thing from the story was, I, 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 after reading what they said, it was it. It seemed like there was like a hang up on your on your loan or something. Like th there was some kind of like crosstalk that was going on. Where right. it's like I'm waiting for this money to come through, and then they're like, right. like "No, right." Um, so like, what what's yeah. going to happen with that money? Is that still something you're applying for? Or? Yeah, it's still on its way. You know, um, Union Market Mankato still has the application in for the idle loan, um, and it should be here by the end of the month. So, what what is that going to be used for? Is it is the Union Market going to pop up somewhere else? That's supposed to be used for back rent and back wages. Um, so that's that's what the funds were were asked for to be allocated for. Um, that's yeah. Um, and then we also applied for a couple loans through Region Nine. Uh, that's more of a local chapter development stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, that. Those those two that come through will be helpful in moving forward. Sure. And what does yeah. moving forward look like? Um, honestly, like <laughs> I I love being proactive instead of reactive, but the past couple weeks I have been putting out fires, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um it's not like um i'm ignoring the future but i have kind of been burning the candle at both ends for the last couple of weeks that like mm -hmm. you know i crash at 9 p.m and i just i hit a wall at the end of the day because there's a, there's a million loose ends to tie up you know still mm -hmm. yeah um yeah fortunately i have a wonderful support system you know within emotional support legal support financial support you know like friends who want to help me get the message out um it it really feels good like when your house is on fire and then your friends kind of all come with a bucket you know mm. yeah that's pretty remarkable so i feel very lucky and the the message um you're, you're just talking about getting the message out that is the is that like in terms of like the people who you were working with previously like like tying up their loose ends or well just the message of like wait why the heck did it close you know because i'm sure everybody has been scratching their heads like mm -hmm. number one this was a great place number two it's christmas yeah number three it seems pretty abrupt you know mm -hmm. so i just want i wanted to clear up a little bit like what happened yeah, yeah so we were waiting for the loan to come in 
And one party above me said, no problem, I can wait. Another party said, yes, problem. GTFO. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that'll, that unfortunately so, will happen from time to time. Yeah. So as, as far as I know, there's no plans for anything to move into the space. It's not like they had somebody, Line you know. Up lined up yeah looking looking to rent it for the month of december i don't know anybody yeah. in their right mind who would rent a space in january or february because it's just mm. just not a you know so it'll it'll likely sit empty for a while who knows how long yeah at, um, I, I don't know exactly how to ask this question but i'm curious about um to what level the market was um sustainable either within the context of the the uh, leases and things that you had, or maybe outside of it. Like, if you could give me some kind of an idea of whether it was like working well at that level, but the shutdowns were too much for it, or right. if it was that's like a really good question. Kind I'm, of I'm glad you asked. unsustainable because of rent costs or something like right. that. Yeah. Um, it's it was an expensive lease. Yeah. Um, but every month we were selling more and. Uh, earning more and bringing in more vendors and rotating out merchandise and it was getting better and better every month but we still had those COVID months of you know six months of back rent to pay yeah and that it wasn't getting paid off fast enough you know sure so that's what the idle loan was for so you were able to show growth but it wasn't like at such a speed where it was easy for you to Right. To like right off the what was like having horrible shutdowns. <laughs> like you can make that go away. <laughs> right. Having a horrible shutdown yeah. and having, you know, double cost for construction materials. It Ouch. changes the, the <laughs> PL on your first couple of years probably a lot. <laughs> right, right. You know, and if you had more than a year to pay off those COVID loans, like mm. fine, you know. But we I mean, we had a matter of months. Yeah. Yeah. And retail is pretty quiet in the summertime unless you're in like a big vacation town. So, mm -hmm. I mean, Mankato is a really big, you know, student driven city. Yeah. Um, and, every, and professors and everyone who works at the college and participates in academia here is, um, helps sustain the city. And so when everyone went home for June, July, August, then mm -hmm. it got pretty quiet unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do think people always forget that there's like 15,000 students or something. Like it's yeah. a, a huge number of people buying yeah. things. And they also, they buy a lot of things because they, they like show up and need to, you know, pretend what, live, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what, what they do in dorm rooms or whatever, but <laughs> it's, a, it's some, it's Were some you ever a student? <laughs> <laughs> they, they buy things for the walls, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Macrame, hammocks. Yeah. Yep. All that. Yeah. Soaps, I'm sure of it. Soaps, yep. With Art. Too, like, part of what I think you were trying to do with the market model and, um, and, and a lot of what we've talked about today with, like, giving artists a place to put their wares where they don't have to staff it, where they don't have to, like, right. have a POS system, where they don't have to keep track of all their inventory every day and they can kind of do the thing that they're good at which is 
to make create it. stuff yeah, and create then it. they can have someone support them in the in mm-hmm. the sale of that. So that seems like um a good model probably. And I would wonder if you have any insight into whether it's a good model given the transition of uh I guess it's partially a pandemic transition, but it's been like a long standing one too of people mm-hmm. going to malls and stuff less. Mm-hmm. And um, generally doing less in store shopping and more online. Yeah. And I wonder, I know because you had an online part too and the physical space, I wonder if you could, if you have any insight into like what that transition was like, either for your store or in general. Yeah. Re- retail brick and mortar locations are are tough, but we, mm-hmm. we really wanted to create more than just a, a shop where you can buy stuff. You know, we mm-hmm. wanted to create a very cool vibe you know, we wanted it to be really welcoming and comforting. And mm-hmm. if you want to um, host a class or have an event or um, have a private party, you know, that was something that was available, you know, yeah. Um, where it was it was much more interactive than just transactional, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that regard, I think that those kinds of active spaces, spaces that, you know, are they can they can kind of pivot and swerve a little bit easier um yeah. than uh, or offer more uh flavor um than just a you know a store. a depo- yeah or a store in the mall yeah well i mean correct me if i'm wrong here but th- that's what people are leaving um for online shopping for like it, there isn't a great experience like picking your favorite toilet paper off the shelf for like the 18,000th time. Like that's not a shopping experience. Like right. people want to automate the the Jack's pizza and, you know, like the the toilet paper and cleaning thing you buy over and over again. Right. And then they want a shopping experience when they're getting something bespoke or, mm-hmm. you know, like the other thing. So it to me, it makes, it doesn't make sense to have like, like when I look at like a Walmart or something, like it's just like that should just be a warehouse. Yeah, to you know? me, it's like that. Like when, like you think it's kind of silly to have like the button in your pantry you smash to get more Fritos, but like that actually kind of makes sense because it's something that you don't care about. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I don't. That's, there's no, there's no commodity. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't need to like hold the bag. <laughs> yeah, like as much as new packaging could upset me. <laughs> i don't i'm really (laughs) most concerned with to bring it back with the market model too i think like with the market model you've got uh much like it's like a curated list of specific things rather than having like all the general stuff so you Mm -hmm. kind of solved that problem too did you did you see that in the way that people shopped there and used the store i think i think everyone was really excited to come in and find something special and yeah. find something that they hadn't seen before and and also, you know, share and show off like, oh, this artist, this is my mm. my um my neighbor's brothers, you know, and yeah. having that sense of community and being proud mm. to say, like, I know this person and this person is in a store and that's awesome and their work is great and here they are and I can hold it in my hand. Yeah. You know, people got it though. Like they got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, sense. Yeah, not, not everybody, you know, everyone mm-hmm. said some people would come in and be like, you know, is, is this a thrift shop? <laughs> 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 and, I, and I'm like, or they'd say, is this a flea market? And I'm like, 
Uh, I don't know what affiliate market is anymore. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I don't want it to be. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice one. <laughs> we don't have fleas, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I would, I would just like groan and cry to my employees. I'd be like, "Does it look like a flea market?" <laughs> and they're like, "Gina, no, that person is." off their rocker <laughs> this place does not look like a flea market and i'm like okay <laughs> uh, we'll have to look up flea market when we're done <laughs> it's not really we don't really do flea markets here not so much i like just imagine in the South. walking in and f- seeing like pallets of bird seed <laughs> no it, it is it and is maybe like, some live birds it is just like around. booths of garage sales with people who buy lots of stuff and sell things quickly. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a 25-cent teapot that's kind of rusted. Mm, yeah. That's what I think of a flea market, you know? Like a, like a bunch of garage sale stalls. Yeah. Sure. And so you can, you can understand my so you're like, <laughs> agony oh. when I'm like, there's no teapots that are 25 cents here. I checked everything for rust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we have quartz crystal <laughs> and a hammock. Uh, yeah. That's new. <laughs> well, I know, I think we kind of asked already too, but I guess uh, I'd be curious to hear kind of in your own words, like what this is, is meaning for your direction going forward, whether you feel like it's given you new inspiration to try again in a different way or whether you're kind of withdrawing from this adventure and reevaluating or I think I uh, am pretty weary of signing a brick and mortar lease. Mm. Um I think that there's there's a lot of experiences that can be had um through pop-up shops. Um they mm-hmm. are exhausting. Um, and it's really hard on the materials and the people because it's just wear and tear, packing in, packing out, packing in, packing out, you know? Yeah. Um, and I did my fair share of that with the fashion industry and like lugging, you know, <laughs> wool coats <laughs> <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. I mean, I'm strong as hell, but <laughs> it's, it's tiring. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like I, um, I'm going to move up to the cities. Mm. Um, I have, you know, a, a community there and my family's there. And, um, you know, if I wanted to get back into the fashion industry, then it would be there. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know yet. Mm. You know, I don't know yet. I know that we'll still operate the market online will likely turn it into a different name, like Union Marketplace, you know, instead of Union Market mm-hmm. Um, But uh, it's been, it's been a big learning experience, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Another, what do they say? Another, another button on my vest or another feather in my hat or, yeah. you know. Well, that's kind of what I ask too, is I know that you've had a number of different entrepreneurial adventures or like a, a You've done some fashion work. You've done some work with yeah, cre- creating clothing, yeah. and now this was this was trying to operate like a market. So yeah, kind of pulling that all together. I wonder if you see 
like a better way to align all those things or whether you're just like, uh, well, I think I'm going to have to make a vision board. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I went, I went to school for, uh, for fashion design for four years, learned how to be a designer on the computer. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, graduated in 2007 when the economy crashed. So first bump in the road check, (laughs) (laughs) um, went back to academia, you know, safely in academia to wait it all out. Um, and that's when I got my master's in apparel design. So that's when I was more of the, uh, you know, I was the one man show in the couture room or whatever, you know, so I learned how to do everything with my own hands, make yeah. my own patterns, sew my own things. Everything was, you know, I, I hired my own models. I produced the own, my own fashion show. I did the hair and makeup or, you know, provided, had that provided. And, yeah. um, so the, and then you know, got my um, trademark and registration for Gina Marie and went through the intellectual property process and, um, you know, the secretary of state and getting the brand uh, finalized. And um, then, you know, I did a little bit of work. uh, uh, Then I, I started building my brand and I would do two collections a year, one in spring and summer, one in fall and winter. Um, I found artisan tailors over in Vietnam. So I would go to Vietnam twice a year for a month at a time to build the collection, mm-hmm. the samples and, um, and the production for the next year, you know, cause you're working, you're working a full year out in advance. Okay. Um, and then I started doing that for others, you know, so I was, I was the, I, I not only provided the product, but I also provided a service for other brands that didn't, hmm have the time to go to Vietnam or wasn't weren't comfortable with spending a month away or um but it was really important to me for the quality control and to build those relationships and to to be there you know instead of just ship it off in an email and complain when it comes back when it's not right you know it's like well anyway so got that under my belt <laughs> yeah um did a bunch of pop-ups. Uh, I was sort of freelancing in the styling industry as well. So I would do some, lots of photo shoots and videos, um, not just for my own brand, but also for bigger companies like 3M and Target up in the cities um, as a style assistant. And I really loved that. I really loved that. And to help make, you know, the lookbook or the, the advertising materials and mm. A little bit of everything in the creative process, you know, um, participated in pop-up shops, put on my own pop-up shops, mm-hmm. um, did trade shows, you know, and so this was going to be the first like pop-up shop or trade show that was permanent, you yeah. know, cause I didn't know what else, what else to do in Mankato. Um, I moved here for a significant other and I needed to find my little niche and I, I I think I found it, you know, um, yeah. but um, I learned a lot and something is going to come up on the horizon. I'm not exactly mm. sure what that looks like, but um, I'm okay. I'm okay with that, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, it, it's a real bummer that Mankato lost it because I think it was a, a nice, you did a nice job and kind of pulling together some of your previous experiences and, and bringing to Mankato something that doesn't exist otherwise. So I think that there'll be a bit of a hole where, where that may have been, but 
Yeah. Maybe some other aspiring creator will kind of yeah. get it, get the thing going or something. Right. So. Um, they did ask, the leasing agency asked me if I wanted to move to, I mean, I, I can't, I don't know if this is like. A different building, maybe less specific, but general. <laughs> well, this, this might, I mean, this is part of the mystery of, hmm. of the whole, and I'm just. I'm trying to piece together some of the information that doesn't quite add up, you know, but mm. they asked me to move out of that space and into a different building on Riverfront. So it could be that, you know, they have plans to develop Front Street into something mm. completely different because it sure does seem like there's one by one by one by one uh, moving out on mm. Front Street in particular, um, including, you know, like, um, I, so I don't, uh, maybe they're just trying to move people, move yeah. businesses and kind of play Monopoly and put this here and put that there and change it around as they feel. But, um, you know, they asked me to move and I said, oh, no, thanks. I kind of like it here. And they've asked another boutique to move and, and she said, no, no, thanks. I like it here. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, it's a cheaper place. And she's like, no, I like it here. And they're like, we really think you should move. And she's like, no, I kind of like it here. Uh -huh. And then they raised the rent by like $400. You know, and so I can't, I can't speculate, you know, too yeah. far, but I, I don't know what their vision is, you know, why, mm. why close down stores that people like? It's mm. kind of a profit over people thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's landlording in general. Like I, I, I would just say that if, if anything, like generally, especially with a large firm like that, I think anything that's going to come up, that's going to make them more money is just going to like, they want to, that's yeah. what they're going to do. Yeah. And, you know, if they got someone on the line saying that they love their space, you know, right? maybe it's not enough money. Like I said, I have a really great support system and I'm going to, you know, get to the bottom yeah. of it and well, have that... some legal counsel, you know, for business. Mm -hmm. That's also just a very common theme among, you know, people who are working in the creative industries that we hear, hear a lot is like, you know, like everything's going well and then you start to interact more with that overhead. Mm -hmm. And like that's when, that's when it's, you're, you're just dealing with a different type of person in general, you know, like they're not, they're no longer concerned and, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure people can gather from my tone how I feel about it, but. Like it, it, it's just, I mean, th for them, everything is a bottom line, you know? Right. So I, it, it is kind of like the, the never ending fight, you know, like how, how are we going to find a way to, to, to do the things that bring people here and make us happy and, you know, right. Instead of just circling the drain. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's one of the reasons why, you know, we're so highly mobile, you know, it was like, you know, all of a sudden, like everything would change if we we're working in a studio space that required that i think i think too that's why even just i have some genuine curiosity of your experiences um it seems like you went into what is a pretty traditional retail space with a sort of alternative model and i think that that's like an interesting case study and what could be done yeah so, I, I appreciate your insights and stuff like that too what would your advice be for anyone who was um, looking to, you know, do their own, like move from doing a pop-up shop to a brick and mortar place if they're a individual creative? 
I think maybe I would say don't do it alone and don't do it with your own money. <laughs> mm. Um, get someone to to finance you, to back you, to support you. Um, mm. because your loss is going to be much more substantial, you know, mm. than if you get to have some more more stability from somebody else who is willing mm. to try to build the community, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say don't do it alone. Um, ask all the questions that you can, like be extremely humble, you know, like, like I've, I decided right away that I was not going to see this as a fear of failure, you know, episode, like mm. retail's hard. We had a pandemic, you know, there was, everything yeah. was stacked against us, you know, except um except our amazing customers and good music in the shop and um <laughs> but yeah like don't i yeah don't see anything as a as a failure because it is all a learning experience and somebody mm -hmm. out there has the answer and will give it to you <laughs> because they know more than you and maybe they're retired and they're bored you know and like so just don't stop asking for help and yeah don't mm -hmm. Yeah, don't be ashamed to ask for help because that is that's where you're gonna shoot yourself in the foot or be your own speed bump. And to follow up on that one, um, what has there been any um, like institutions or specific things for people who are um, looking for that type of help in Mankato? Are there any places where you could you know suggest that people go or resources? Well, I I've really enjoyed working with the SBA. It's an organization that's a small business that administration it's free you know it, there's there's regional chapters so they put you in touch you, you send a letter to the director or the president or whatever of the one chapter and then they put you in touch with somebody who's specifically going to be able to answer your questions do you need help writing mm. a grant do you need help with quickbooks do you need help with you know this that, advertising or anything specific mm. and then they they get you in touch with uh, a pro you know um also specifically here in Mankato like Visit Mankato and Greater Mankato Growth have been instrumental in like supporting us and coming up with mm. ideas of like hey maybe you should do a ribbon cutting or hey maybe you should come to this little business happy hour you know I'll I'll give mm. you a pass for the first time or yeah just reach out to your community and um you yeah you don't have to feel alone. I mean, I know that a lot of entrepreneurs and certainly creative entrepreneurs feel alone um, mm -hmm. because they're good at their creative part, you know, but they're not necessarily good at like writing the business plan or doing the QuickBooks, you know, but mm -hmm. that's okay because you don't have to be like, you can learn a little bit about it and you should, and you should know a little bit about it. Um, but you don't have to be the the professional of every single hat you wear, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And you wouldn't want that to be the thing that stopped you from taking your first step. You right. Know? Cause like that, yeah. I don't know. We, we, that's us all the time. We're trying to figure out stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, thank, uh, thanks for sharing your experience. Really. Like, thanks I for listening. Thanks for asking. Appreciate your openness thanks to chat about it. Yeah. Do you, do you have, do you have anything specific that you would like to say or impart to your customers or to the community or 
like just anything as we're wrapping up or just shout out um well yeah i mean shout outs to all the customers all the all the vendors um all the small businesses that you know want my employees my parents <laughs> shout out to you my mom <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it it's it's important to have a good support system and i feel lucky enough to to have one um and yeah i'm pretty thankful yeah cool well hey we uh we look forward to seeing what might be next for you and we wish you the best there will be announcements okay and there's something to announce yeah well, <laughs> you take it easy too I'm yeah sure until the then like i'm gonna the... have you know Christmas with my family. <laughs> Ring in the new year. New transformation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Well, um, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for and having me. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Yep. Ugh. We did it. Thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes for this and every episode at triplefalls.org.